This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. That's right, we are back. This is episode number 15 of Previously on Lost, and we are excited to be able to join you guys again uh, as we discuss one of uh, my two favorite episodes. Uh, I have more than two favorite episodes, obviously, but this is like when episodes start getting really good. Um, so I, I look forward to this one um, and see how many boars, piglets we can... We can <laughs> We can hold out on this one, but this is Outlaws, and uh, I am Mike, and I have with me Corey. How's it going? Oh, it's it's going really, really well. Good to be here. I'm ready to talk some boar, some bacon. Sweet. How's it going? Boar, bacon. Oh, you know who else likes bacon? Because I like bacon, too. We all like bacon. We have Steven. What's going on? Oh, not much. Yeah, can't go wrong with bacon. Nope. Or with Sawyer episodes. Or with Sawyer episodes. There's always something interesting. You know, the shrimp in this episode actually looked really good when he was frying it up. So I was kind of disappointed that he never got to eat that or see Sawyer eat the, eat those uh, eat that shrimp. It looked really good. For how intense that scene is, I think everybody watches that and they're like, just eat the shrimp. Let's just see what... I want to see your reaction. Exactly, exactly. Eat the shrimp. Oh man, that's good. That's good. But I'm excited to be doing this again. It's uh, we we we've take, took a break for a couple of weeks. Although you guys listening probably don't realize that, but we took a break for a couple of weeks, and uh, we're excited to get back into it. So, without further ado, uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, the episode called Outlaws. Previously on Lost, at St. Sebastian Hospital, Jack confronts his father, Christian, about a botched surgery that killed a woman and her unborn child and accuses him of being a drunk no, being drunk during the operation. At the board meeting, Jack tells the hospital directors he believes his father's intoxication directly led to the woman's death. Second part is, after his torture by Saeed, Kate visits Sawyer with a letter he showed her. She tells him that she knows that the letter was not written to him but by him. His father killed his mother and then himself after being conned out of their money by a man named Sawyer. A little bit about this episode. <clears throat> season. This is season one, episode 16. It was. It aired on February 16, 2005, which makes this a Valentine's Day episode. And it was directed by Jack Bender and written by Drew Goddard. Uh, this episode itself, Sawyer becomes convinced that a wild boar has a personal vendetta against him after it ransacks his tent and attacks him in the jungle and then pees on his clothes. Meanwhile, Hurley and Saeed try to help Charlie come to terms with what he did to Ethan. Flashbacks in this episode center around Sawyer's time in Australia and his hunt for the real Sawyer. Some episode facts about this episode. Um, Emily DeRaven was initially a guest star that was billed Taylor in season one. In, this is the episode where she officially becomes part of the regular cast. Good for her. Wow, I had no idea about that. I didn't realize it was this far in. I mean, I thought she would have been like a regular cast by the time you know she was kidnapped and all. Seems, seems like a pretty, pretty big plot point to become a part of a regular cast. But um, Then the, the woman Sawyer brings to his hotel in the flashbacks is played by the actress Brittany Perrineau. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's because she's... Um, she is the wife of Michael Dawson, a.k.a. Harold Perrineau, who plays series regular Michael. Um, Brittany also has small roles in um, the episode's numbers, and everybody hates Hugo. Okay, uh, that's funny to me, if you just <laughs> if, if, if you think about that. <laughs> just just the fact that it is... As numbers? Much as, yes, that, fu- oh. that episode's funny. That's cool, that's cool though, that, uh, that Harold was able to get his wife into the show <laughs> uh, in some way as well. It's pretty cool. Oh my gosh, I remember that show Numbers. That was so long ago. But also, the name of a lost episode coming up Numbers. very soon. Well, that's what, we're, that, that's what we're talking about. That's the uh, that's the episode she she also was in. Was in the episode Numbers. Oh, Not I thought you said numbers. she was on the show no. Numbers. <laughs> no, oh, okay. she was in the episode Numbers, and everybody hates Hugo. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I totally. <laughs> yeah, don't want to get into spoilers, uh, mis- but uh, she is what we call Lotto Girl. Lotto Girl coming up. 
Oh. All right. What uh, else we got? Sawyer's first name is revealed to be James when he is talking to Frank Duckett at the shrimp stand. And this episode marks the first appearance of the first draft. That's right. It's amazing, by the way, going back to the first one, that his name is real to be James while he's talking to Frank Duckett at the shrimp stand. Nobody ever calls him really James. The only one I know that calls him James is a person coming up in a future season that we're not going to mention right now because we don't want to kind of ruin it. But that's the person that is usually the only one I ever hear call him James. Well, you don't really realize that this is the reveal at the time because it could just be a fake name. And I, I totally forgot that he says his name is James until I watched this, uh, you know, just the other day. I'm like, oh, he actually says James here. Uh, that's his real name. He's not. It's not his alibi. Yeah. I, I thought it was. I, I. Anyways, again, I like the shrimp stand. I wish he would have ate the shrimp though. I, it looked really good. I'm, 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 I must be hungry right now because I really want some shrimp. I am I, digging some shrimp. I did. Right now. I did kind of <laughs> have some problems with the the name of the shrimp truck. It was called Sweet Shrimp. But the only options that he gave for the shrimp were mild sauce and hot sauce. Where was the sweet option at the sweet shrimp stand? That is, that is true. Good bad point. Good point. Marketing. So, so, so let's talk then a little bit about the episode. So let's talk about uh, between four and eight kind of uh, episode moments that we kind of really liked. I um. I really want to start this one off because, so I want to preface this by saying I grew up in a military family. Um, my my parents were both in the military. My brother was in the military. Um, I, I did not join, but what I also understand is currently in the military, there's a, I don't want to say epidemic, but I think there's a lot of, of the soldiers that deal with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress. Um from stuff that happens over on the battlefield and and when they get home sometimes it's hard for soldiers to relate um this really did not become a big concern i would think probably until the gulf war i would think in the early 90s is when it started to really get on people's radar and then when they did the iraqi war in the early 2000s and then throughout the 2000s it became kind of more prevalent but we so it's kind of a it was kind of a hot topic issue I think on this episode and going on in the real world when they had Charlie struggle with uh, PTSD of course Hurley confronts him he's very shut so he goes to see Saeed and he and Hurley just being Hurley says what about is, is it this and then so, uh, so, uh, Saeed says that was the other guys uh <laughs> and and then he slightly corrects him and said what it is. So, and then you kind of have Saeed go and you and you take over and you talk to Charlie who's dealing with this PTSD, and he tells him, you know, Charlie listens. He said, "What do you recommend?" He said, "Don't don't be alone. Don't think you're alone either in this fight." So, what did you all think though about? So, understand this movie or this episode came out in 2005. The Iraqi war was really going on pretty heavy right now at this time when it came on, and they dealt with the issue of PTSD. What what was your thoughts? Do you think they do you think they played it? I hate to say played it well, but do you did you like the fact that they put this in here with Charlie or just would he just should have just left it as he shot the guy and nothing happened? Do you do you like the fact that Charlie was the one struggling with this? Oh, absolutely. I think. Um... I think it would have been a shame to just, you know, kind of move forward from him, Ethan. Like, I, yeah, I definitely think they they really, you know, played with that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think it showed kind of a, uh, just kind of showed who Hurley is, that he's the person who would, who would notice this and, you know, realize that, hey, Saeed's probably a good person. That, I thought it was handled really well. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was really glad they included this, and you know I think the last episode with with Charlie um, when he shoots Ethan, like you know everything happens, you know there's there's so much going on in that episode of like defending Claire and defending the whole camp to kind of give Charlie a little you know you know chunk of time here to uh, and I guess. Uh, 
you know, deal with this at a slow pace. And it's not the main story of the episode. Just to show the, the slow, it's not even really progression. It's just just acknowledging what he's going through, I thought was really well done. And it's important. It's, it's what a lot of this uh, first season does really well is it's able to take, you know, have a episode that's about these other characters and then go and, and do some, you know, other really good character moments on the side. I, I agree. I <laughs> Was anybody else, by the way, scared when he was like dinging whatever he was under that under that spike and he just had to stick it in the ground <laughs> like he what happens if he misses that thing that's going to jam right on his hand oh but yeah I, he really seemed he seemed pretty proficient at, at shucking those coconuts when did he learn this skill i mean i guess they have a lot of free time but i've never seen him do that before a quarter quarter saeed he, he had become very good at that he'd become a very good expert at that yeah he was going hard on that coconut I mean, there oh, yeah. there's some interesting kind of morbid moments for Charlie. Like at first, he totally rejects uh, Claire at the beginning. He's like, "No, I don't want to go on a walk." And then you find out he's going to bury Ethan, and it's you know Hurley's helping him. It's it's this odd little friend moment where Hurley is just helping his buddy bury this guy, and and it really shows how Hurley is like the ultimate best friend of anybody he's there to be be there for somebody and and try to help out even if he doesn't completely understand what someone's going through well i think i think too and we're going to find out as this series goes on that that hurley and soy not hurley and Sawyer, but hurley and charlie do become good friends you know and that's not really you know it might be a little bit of a spoiler warning but you know they do become pretty good friends and i think this is one of the first really big moments where you can see Hurley and and Charlie's relationship start to grow in the show where where it's not just hey look man I'm worried about you you're 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 banging coconuts on a metal you know on 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 a wooden stake here he's so concerned he could have just left it at that but he goes to the only person that he knows would probably be suffering with it because he knows he was in the Republican uh, or Iraqi Republican Guard, says, so "Hey, look, I'm really concerned about that dude Charlie because, you know, he he's after the whole Ethan thing. So I, I think this is kind of like the beginning of Charlie and Hurley's really big friendship. I mean, I know they've had a few other moments, but this is where you actually see the concern from Hurley for Charlie. So that was my thought. Anybody else have a, have a moment that they liked about it? Well, I, I just thought just starting at the very beginning, um, just what a powerful way to, to start this episode with the uh, the kind of when um, Sawyer was a child and when his father comes home and kills his mom and kills himself on his bed. I mean, just a really intense, terrifying yeah. scene to open the, the episode. And I mean, that really, you know, even though we see who Sawyer is now, you really can kind of see that you know small child in him still i just thought that yeah, was I think a that's, really powerful way to start the episode i think that's one of those images that that you really remember from this episode and the the sound too of, of him being under the bed and hearing the sound of you know the clunk 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 of those boots walking throughout the house you know then his mom stops yelling or whatever because obviously she's killed and then you know the dad walking up over the bed it's just it's a really intense moment it's probably this and you know a scene later on uh are the two things that people really remember there's a lot of other good moments in here but it it is you know a heck of a way to start out an episode for sure yeah this whole episode was it had i don't want to say morbid moments but this whole episode hit some pretty heavy heavy scenarios like you you you, again you had the charlie deal with ptsd and then you also now you have you know a child watching his mom get not watching his mom get killed but knowing his mom got killed and then watching his dad to a point shoot himself so now you hear you know you have the child losing both parents in one shot um and it's just it's it's it 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 was a tough episode to be honest on some areas, but I think that that's what made Lost so good at this time was that it was very real. It wasn't, 
you know, we're not going to, I think once they knew they were picked up for, you know, the remainder of the season, they said, we're going to, we're going to really go all out here and we're going to let, let the audience have, it. we're going to be as real as we can with people. So it was a very cold opening to a point. Um, but I've never, I've never, I, I've to this day, I don't think I've ever seen an opening of an episode like that. Yeah. You could say show. that was a, a very cold, cold open. Yes, a very cold, cold, cold it, one. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it it reminds me of another another one of my favorite episodes. Um, one that we'll get into for spoilers, but uh, tw- that Mister Echo, uh, who we don't know yet, that his kind of cold open. It very very reminiscent yeah. oh, of that yeah. to me. I, I've always really re- kind of related those two. Oh yeah. I did love Sawyer running, by the way, down the beach after he woke up and the boar was standing there. He just grabs this metal pipe and just starts bolting down the beach, chasing the boar, <laughs> and everybody's just kind of watching him like, what is he doing? He's just he's just screaming and running with the pipe. <laughs> that was funny. I I really like the playful banter with Saeed and Sawyer. Saeed's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of mocking him. And <laughs> Well, oh. Sawyer cannot you know, bring himself to actually like open up to Saeed or ask him um, something that could, you know, implicate any sort of weakness. You know, he, he ran off into the jungle, you know, and he, of course he's shirtless like always, and he hears the whispers and then he wants to talk to Saeed about it. He's like, Oh, what'd you hear whispering in the jungle? And then Saeed's like, you know, senses there's some fear. He's like, Oh, oh you, you really heard them. Right. He's like, no, no, I didn't hear anything. He's like, um, I can't admit any sort of, you know, fear to Saeed. Right, right. Well, this kind of funny. These two have a really complicated relationship here this first season between the the torture and the, the torture and the, the fights and all the, the Sawyer racism. I mean, these two really kind of have a complicated relationship, so it's kind of nice seeing them have a bit of a lighthearted moment there before getting serious again about the whispers. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I think they get in a fight in like the first <laughs> scene we ever see yeah. either character in. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we're going to see that on the next episode we cover, too, where two people who absolutely hated each other since the beginning are going to come together by, by the end of the episode. So we'll talk about that when we get to that episode. But what about you, Corey? Anything that kind of was like one of your, um, one of your episodes that you really in this moment that kind of really that you really enjoyed in this moment in this episode so okay i think the best i I just gotta talk about the best moment of this episode definitely has to be the the i never game that they play Uh, Uh, so you know they're out in the jungle i think you know kate agrees to help uh you know do the tracking and then you know of course sawyer pulls out the the alcohol and they start playing this game and we get some really interesting character reveals and i've heard a lot of people say like this is one of those episodes where like they saw this moment and it just like hooked them even deeper into like who these characters are and more than just like the mysteries of the island but like the mysteries of learning more about you know each person yeah that that I had on mind, kind of like you said, it's the fireside conversation between those two. They're they're definitely growing with one another. They're just doing it in their own way, and they're still. So I like the name Outlaws for this episode for that reason, what you just said, because when we think Outlaw, we're not. It's like sometimes we just think of Sawyer, but what we're not thinking of is this whole episode. I think dealt at the, even though it was a Sawyer centric episode. I think this could have been a Kate episode as well. Because Kate is bouncing around from Jack in this episode. She's talking to um, Sawyer. She's talking to Locke. She's talking to multiple people. <clears throat> and she's referencing to Sawyer that, hey, I am. We, we, we are the outlaws of this group. That's why we fit so well together. And Sawyer flat calls her out on it, you know, and he says, you know, it's you know, pretended pretending to care about carte blanche just to spend a little bit of time with the only other person who just doesn't belong. I mean, kind of kind of just cut straight to the to the heart of it there. And that that scene just had such a good arc to it. You know, it started off so lighthearted with 
you know, never been to Disneyland, and just how quickly it it took that arc and got so serious. Never had a never had a one night stand. Do I have to drink for everyone? <laughs> it just <laughs> well, it's it's a really like well written scene because you you get to learn a little bit about their personality, just like how they say these things and like what they choose to say, but also these little kind of small details about their history. And then it goes into like bigger things like Sawyer. I've never been in love. I mean, Sawyer's, you know, what is he supposed to be like <laughs> mid thirties here? He's, you know, he's never been in love. And then Kate's been married for a little bit. And then the whole thing about, you know, Kate pretending to care about carte blanche just to spend time with him. And then of course, you know, so we're building towards this interesting kind of coming together of, the, of these two characters. And then it takes a dark turn of course, after, you know, Kate kind of, mm-hmm. you know, turns the switch by, you know, bringing the letter up. And I never killed a man. It's just such a great line. And then it is both of them taking a drink. And, you know, that's what, you know, I guess we do have something in common, right? I, 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 it was it was a great character growth for both of them. Even if it was just separate, it was together. The, the the character growth in both of those. I almost wish though too that when he said "Never have I ever," or or was it her that said, "Oh no, it was her that said never have I ever killed someone." And of course, she, I can't remember who said it. it was either him or her. I think it was I think him. So, I Sawyer, think Sawyer, Sawyer said it, and then yeah. Kate and drinks, and then Sawyer drinks. I almost think right there they gave away the flashback. Like it would have been interesting to me if Sawyer didn't drink on that one. And then you get the flashback, like, like, wait a minute, what happened in the flashback? Like, kind of that suspense. But they didn't do that. They made him drink, so obviously the, the crowd all assumed, oh, he probably killed this guy. And, you know, from... so And this doesn't give anything away that I know, but from what I know... Well, I, I kind of would like... Sorry, I was going to say, I, to me, it seems like this is the only guy Sawyer's killed, probably. But from, we, from what we've learned so far... Yeah. It makes it seem like his first... Guy. Well, they keep they keep saying that in the back in the backstory that he's not a killing, you know. They keep referencing, you know. Hibbs said, you know, you're not a not a killer, and the 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 guy he bought the gun from, you know, kind of had the same impression that, you know, you're not really a killer. So I don't know if he just gives off that vibe that, you know, he's not meant to be a killer. But that's kind of a recurring theme there. That's true. And and Sawyer, of course, we know is a. He's a talker. That's how he. That's how he gets his way. Yeah. You know what I would really like to see? I'd like to see the follow up of like after they they had that real serious moment, it kind of cuts away. But you know they still had the whole night out there in the in the woods. Like what what was the rest of that conversation like after that? Kind of. So y'all want to play Monopoly now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would say. Do we do want to play a video board game? Were or? they just quiet and went to sleep? I, mean, <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> so I'm gonna go to bed over here now, and uh, it was good, good talk with you. And uh, but yeah, it, it was. I like that conversation beside there. Um, uh, the only other one I had was the Christian Shepherd meeting Sawyer in the bar. This, I think, is the first scene that we have somebody from another flashback meeting somebody else in a different flashback. So, like, this is the first time I think we have somebody, like, kind of crossing streams. Well, there's been some there's been some minor ones. But nothing major. Yeah, th- this to me was the most influential. You know, we see Sawyer coming into the police station when Boone's there. So we we see the con- them crossing paths, but this is the first time I think there's really been a, a major influence by a, a character on another in the flashback. And this yeah. was a great scene. I mean, probably one of my favorites in the whole show. I mean... Yeah, I, th- I feel like here the the lost world kind of opens up a little bit more, and you go, oh, okay, this is more than them just running into the, each other at the airport or near the airport days before or whatever. Um, he's meeting Christian at this bar, and they have a pretty impactful conversation with each other, and you really see Christian at his lowest. He's, he doesn't have his wallet and, you know, Sawyer sets him up with a shot and then they, they take the whole bottle and it's pretty depressing and then he says this whole you know pretty 
you know this this heart-wrenching speech about jack and uh then he sends sawyer on his way and honestly he can he gives sawyer some pretty bad <laughs> advice too if you think about it in retrospect he's yeah. like then go he doesn't know what he's gonna go do but he basically sends him off to go kill this guy yeah well don't forget by the way his wallet's back in his room because jack was jack found it when he had to go pick up his body and uh so that th- th- that was interesting we find a little bit more about what's going on where he was during that time um in the earlier flashback, he, he was picking up his wallet from his room because his wallet was still there. His keys were there. Um, but yeah, we he's given... And, and it's amazing. What really stuck out to me in this conversation was Christian's comment that um, he he knows what he did was wrong and he's not mad at his Jack, but he's actually proud that Jack stood up to him in front of the board. As much as it cost him he said, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm proud of my son for doing that. You know, he didn't tell him what happened, but he, but he said he, he, he was proud of his son and all he's got to do is pick up that what? phone and call him, but he just can't do it. He's, he's grateful too. I think he says that. Yeah. I thought that was interesting how he stopped himself. how he said what his son did, what he did to me. And then he stopped himself and said what he did for me. Um, yeah. And, I gotta say, I'm still on board. I, I I don't I don't think Jack should have done what he did, but uh, I thought it was interesting that Christian took it this way, because um, I definitely would have been a little bitter at at my son for doing that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Anything else, guys? Kind of some other moments that y'all have that y'all liked. Well, we had another episode of uh, John Locke's story. Um, this was an interesting one. Um, you definitely found out a. A little bit more about his, you know, his foster being raised as a foster kid, um, about his mother killing himself, uh, and then the dog, you know, the story about the dog, um, and it's it's kind of funny, you know, he's he's telling this story and basically, you know, really relating it. I don't know if he even knew really the depth of what Sawyer was going through, but really relating it to to Sawyer's story. And then when Kate asks, so you're saying that the dog was your sister? And he's like, well, that would be silly. And just really kind of kind of undercuts the whole thing. But, uh, I mean, John Locke just definitely has a way with words and really, you know, kind of cutting to the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love this story. John, it's, it's really interesting, the whole thing about, you know, Jeannie and the dog and... And this kind of relates to the other thing I wanted to talk about. So what he's really talking about is this this whole boar, um, you know, confusion or, or you know, manifestation of, of who this boar is supposed to be. So in the scene right before this, um, there's a really quick dream that Sawyer has, like dream, vision. It's also kind of like the flashback. You know, it's, it's basically the beginning of the episode where he, he's under the bed, except it's a boar's feet instead of his dad's feet. Um, but at the same time, this episode is dealing with his guilt for killing Frank in Australia. So do you think is, is the boar supposed to represent Sawyer's father or is it supposed to represent Frank who he killed or, or, you know, the, the real Sawyer? What do you guys think? I think it's Frank. I've thought about this a lot. I think it's Frank because Frank even told him, um, oh, what was that line he said? Um, it's almost the nicer way of saying, I'm going to haunt you. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it'll all it, come back or it'll come back around. Right, right. It'll all it come comes back around. around. Yeah. Well, I definitely thought, I definitely thought that the boar was representing Frank Duck. See, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it could be his father though, because we don't the only thing we ever know about Sawyer's father is the fact that he we just see his boots we see him sit on the bed and sh- sh- and, and and shoot himself so i think if it's supposed to relate to his father how is that supposed to how is that help us relate to him because we we don't even know the guy we just know what you know he was mad at the mom because the mom was conned and he lost all the money and killed her and killed himself yeah yeah i think i think it is um you know, it fits better to be Frank, Frank Duckett, you know, this guy kind of haunting him or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think it's interesting that he's also kind of being haunted by 
this memory of his dad and then of course you know the letter and sawyer yeah anything else y'all like I said, I, 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 all I had was like full four moments. We'd have been through the four of them that I kind of, that I kind of had in the episode. So, so y'all just spit them off if you guys got them. <laughs> I, I do, I do think that there's a little mind from the, uh, the Hibs scene. Um, first off, just how cool it is to have the Terminator um, <laughs> lost, and then, uh, and. The, the mentioning of the kind of oft-mentioned... The Tampa uh, job. Um, and, you know, I th- you hear about that a couple times through the show. And then just little details of the scene, like uh, Hibbs is drink having a drink and he's missing part of his finger. Um, and just lots of just little details that, in that scene with uh, the Terminator, I mean Hibbs. And... Uh, I really kind of like that scene. It's like kind of awkward if I don't say something now. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like that scene. Well, I think this episode, you know, really helps enlighten us on on Sawyer as he is um, like today on the island and like why he was such a jerk and how he, he kind of cools off a little bit. Uh because when you think about this, he comes from being a cold-blooded murderer and being tricked into murdering just some guy who owed money, who really, you know, Frank Duckett is not, he's portrayed as not that bad of a guy in all of the scenes he's actually in. And then, you know, Sawyer gets on this plane crash and now he's he's going through all this stuff. And it's honest, honestly, the letter is like, kind of like probably lower on his totem pole of, of things he's thinking about at this point because... You know, he just went through killing this guy and he's, I mean, I wonder what he would have gone to do off, off Island or, you know, whatever, back in uh, Los Angeles, if he made it back there and would he've gone straight for, for Hibbs or, or what was his next uh, course of action? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hibbs, Hibbs was a very unique character on how he got Sawyer to kill Frank for him. Number one. And number two, that awkward when he's in the hotel room and he's like, look, I just got to stop this before it goes any further. This is going to get just like really a whole lot more weird if I let it go any longer. He just turns on the light and like, sweetie, he's going to have to talk to you later. That's such an awkward meeting for this guy. Very, very awkward, interesting introduction to his character. Yeah. And they, they really kind of they give him some you know development there is that character for really a character who's only in like what one or two scenes yeah um but he he feels like a real character in this in this world uh i think the last thing i wanted to note was we've already talked about it you know why didn't he buy the shrimp but that scene is is super intense and i really like that yeah. scene where he goes up and he's talking to the guy and just like the close-ups on Sawyer's eyes, I mean, he's he's got that look like <laughs> I don't know. He looks like he's obviously going to kill him or or something. He's going to explode, and then getting the shrimp and oh, you're oh, fellow American, you get the the half off price, and uh, you know the gun in his hand. It's just such an intense moment there. I, I like that scene better than the actual scene at the end when he when he actually kills him. Yeah, that scene was always rough to me when I when after he when he when he and then he yelled at the name Sawyer and then Frank just turned around and didn't he just pulled the trigger on the guy. So and, and it's kind of funny just just how quick Sawyer realizes what happens, you know, when you know, Frank, you know, says you don't even realize what you've done, you know, that and it, you know, Sawyer realizes, "Oh, shoot. Hib, Hibs tricked me." You know, he 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 got it really quick, you know. Yeah, the scene that scene has more like explanation than it does emotional weight, whereas the other scene is like just hyper emotional. Um, very, in, very intense. Oh yeah. There was also just a little, um, little bit of the story about Jack trying to get all the guns back. You know, we talked when they took the guns out um, to go after Ethan. Yeah, it seems like for at least for the moment, Jack has gotten all of them back other than Sawyer's, um, and he gets that back by the end of the episode. Um, I did think it was kind of an interesting little conversation with him and Kate 
you know, Kate's kind of asking, you know, did anybody ask where these guns came from? And he says, you know, everybody just assumed the marshal was traveling alone. So Kate, you know, Jack's kind of helping cover for her there. Uh, that was just kind of an interesting scene I didn't really remember from old watchings. And then one line I forgot to bring up, uh, you know, the introduction of, and that's why the Red Sox will never win the series. That's true. That was so funny. And that it's interesting. Line. Just a very simple line of like, you know, a sports curse that is well known and very relatable, but actually has really deep meaning in this series of basically saying, that's fate. This is destiny. I have no control over it. I am who I am. I can't change that. And really, this story is about all these people crashing and there's, you know, a new beginning or whatever. So there's some deep themes there that I, I didn't really notice on my my first few watches there. Yeah. Well, and J- Jack even, you know, calls his dad, calls his dead dad out on that. You know, when, you know, he says, hey, my, you know, my dad used that phrase as an excuse. You know? Uh, you know, blamed everything on fate rather than taking responsibility. I just thought it was kind of interesting how Jack kind of saw through his dad's, you know, stories. Yeah, and I actually, I remember watching this, and I and I was disappointed that, uh, you know, Sawyer doesn't speak up and say, "Oh, I think I met your dad right then," but. Jack is kind of a jerk to him at the beginning of the scene. So it's like a cool scene, but it's also, you know, it kind of leaves us wanting more there. Uh, well, I got, I got spoiler thoughts <laughs> on that one too. Uh, said it, if he would have told him here, we could uh, leave out one of the greatest scenes in the history of lost. Yeah. I didn't want to say too much about it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, give me about a, uh, Steve, give me about 15 or 16 seconds on uh, kind of your overall thoughts on this episode. Um, this this is a, cl- a classic episode. Really, um, I think we're entering a long stretch of the show here. Um, there's so many just really ep- epic moments you remember from this show. The I've Never Seen, the Christian in the bar scene. Um, and uh, so Lost is always good when it's a little bit lighthearted. And kind of the juxtaposition of the the comedy of you're trying to find this boar compared to the really just dark stuff that's going on in his backstory. Um, it made this, this is just an awesome episode. Good, good. Corey, what about you? Yeah, I would say this is a great character piece that really dives into the psyche of Sawyer and shows us how you know, twisted his past is, um, but also gives us a great human connection, you know, with him and Kate and also features probably the coolest looking boar. You know, that's, that's one big hairy boar that we see near the end. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I, I, I like this episode too. Uh, overall, it was a good episode. I like the way it, again, like you kind of, you said, we dig into the psyche of Sawyer. I like the way we kind of, um, uh, we, we dig into what's going on with Charlie, how he's struggling. We're kind of hitting all over the map. We're seeing Kate and her growth in it as well. So it was a good episode overall. And uh, we've only got about, I think, six or seven episodes left to the end of the season. So from probably from this episode to the end of season one is a pretty good stretch for sure. So... Uh, so let's uh, let's let's rate this one out of twenty three squealing baby boars. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Corey. What are we rating this as? <laughs> All right. Well, we we have a twenty three point rating system here. One out of twenty three, and this week we're going to be rating it on one out of twenty three squealing baby boars. Not the best way to uh, get a date is to hold up a squealing baby boar and uh, antagonize it. But uh, you know, I think Sawyer recovered eventually. Um, anyways, Mike, why don't you start us out? Uh, I, I get to give this. This is almost near perfect because of the character growth and the episode itself, the comedic, the comedic relief through it, and then really hitting um, some pretty heavy um, stuff in this episode. So I'm going to give this 22 out of 23 squealing baby boars. Excellent, excellent. Steven, what about you? 
I also gave it 22 out of 23 um, squealing baby boars. This, yeah, one of just one of when you look back on it, I'd say this is one of the best episodes, season one, um, and really all around great, great episode. All right, and myself, I give this slightly lower, a 21 out of 23 squealing baby boars. For me, I think it's a fantastic episode. But the you know, the end of just him letting the boar get away, like there's not as much of a of a concrete like on island uh, you know dramatic moment. It's it's a character piece what it really is. So I think you know I just dropped it just a hair because of that. Uh, but fantastic episode. Oh yeah, I I kind of wish he would have killed that boar because apparently people are hungry on the island. Yeah, I think we see John Locke eating rats in the next episode. Spoiler alert! So I did. I, I must say, I did like the way he he walked into the camp, just eating this piece of fruit. Like, look like a boar got your campsite. <laughs> just nonchalant, <laughs> and he just making coffee, and just like everything's all good. Anyways, oh, oh John Locke is great. What we got, Stephen, for the end of this? Sawyer's Name Dictionary. A Sawyer episode. We had a lot of additions to uh, Sawyer's Name Dictionary. Some of them a little racist. Um, We had called Saeed Mohammed um, and Genius. Called Jack Sheriff. One of his best called Kate Boar Expert. (laughs) A really funny moment. Um, Also called Kate Sassafras. Um... I looked that one up, trying to figure out really, you know, what sassafras is like a plant. So it doesn't really have a lot of meaning. I think it just kind of makes her sound sassy. <laughs> and a total freckle count is five. Yeah, he he never called her freckle in this episode. Surprising. So we're still we're still on five. <laughs> I feel like I feel like sassafras is kind of a southern thing. You know, there's like a lot of s's in it, kind of like Mississippi yeah. or one of the. I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh, get yeah. some get some sarsaparilla and eat some sassafras. I, I don't know what sassafras is. Um, we had a pop culture connection of the uh, the Boston Red Sox. Both Christian and Jack uh, repeat the phrase. That's why the Red Sox will never win this the series. Um, the Red Sox are a Major League Baseball team. Um, they didn't win a World Series from 1919 until 2004. Um, the the uh, Curse of the Bambino, they called it, after trading away Babe Ruth. Um, but after all those years, um, it, by the time this had aired, the Red Sox had won the World Series, um, overcoming a 3-0 and deficit to beat the, uh, the rival New York Yankees. But um, in the timeline of the show, this has not happened. But in the right. you know the real life timeline, they had actually won that. It was kind of added a, an extra layer to for those viewing the episode. And now I wonder if the if the writers had decided you know early on, let's make them Red Sox fans, or if this was something that was later added. Uh, be, because they won the World Series. I mean, it would make most sense to have them be Red Sox fans, whether they had won that World Series that year or not. not. Yeah, because of the curse. But just I, I could, I could definitely see these writers just adding that in because it was such just a huge moment in pop culture when that happened. It was, yeah, oh, yeah. it was really a, a major, major moment, and I could definitely see them taking the opportunity to work that into their show a little bit. For sure. Well, uh, on our next episode, um, it's uh, of Lost um, in translation. It's going to be our next episode. So this is a it's another very good episode. A lot of um, a lot of tension in the episode, but also a lot of breakthroughs and reveals in the episode as well. So can't wait to dig into in translation. That is a Sun and Jin centric episode. More more Jin than Sun, but Sun is in it. So. Uh, in closing, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at RetroZapped, you, or you can follow for the main network for our Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Lost Rewatch Pod. You can find me at the DC Fanboy. Uh, Steven, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at, at Lucky13Steve. All right. And Corey, what about you? Where can folks find you on Twitter? 
You guys can find me at Original Mav. And like always, you can talk to us and join us in the discussion on the RetroZap Discord. Go to RetroZap.com for more details. While you're there, you can check out other articles, posts, podcasts, their T Public stores, or anything that suits your fandom fancy. With all that being said, that is it for the main part of the show. At this time, we're going to head on into our spoiler zone. What y'all got? Spoiler zone. <laughs> we do need a little song or something. I there. put something in the uh, um, in in the uh, in the show after we after we finish recording it. I have a little jing. I put the uh, uh, the lost intro where the where you see the lost come flying him into the screen. Beautiful sound. I love that sound. Nice. Yes. So, what y'all got for though for spoilers? Well, I, there's quite a bit this episode. Just just from the I've never seen, um, really definitely kind of kind of made me think of a few things. You know, obviously, you know Sawyer says he's never been in love, um, which considering what else we find out about him in his past, he, you know I don't know if he was actually telling the truth there to Kate or not. But I mean, obviously, it, it kind of definitely seemed like he was in love with Cassidy in, in his in his past and. Uh, he has a daughter, Clementine, who uh, hopefully he loves her. That's a good point. Of course, you can, he might not have been thinking along those lines. But, yeah, I just thought that phrase, he's never been in love, kind of was surprising based on what we learn about him in the future. Um, Kate, Kate also mentions her short marriage, which we, which we get to see in an episode titled I Do with uh, Nathan Fillion. I don't remember his name, but um, got to see her marriage. It was interesting. Well, and then of course uh, the Red Sox and then really the interesting part is how you know Christian is not well Sawyer doesn't bring up Christian to Jack at that moment there but then he does in the uh, I think it's part two or maybe the end of part one of one of those it's in Exodus the, the season finale it's a yeah. two or three two or three parter depending on if what service you're watching it on uh but it but it is a fantastic scene and you know they obviously tease it here and save it for for later and it is far more impactful for sawyer to come out because at this point sawyer and jack don't have that that good of a relationship but for him to come out and kind of offer this up later is is makes for a great moment absolutely so i think uh you know, it's interesting that Sawyer was going through all this effort to go out to Australia and kill this guy. And then, of course, he has to deal with all the guilt and remorse. And then he actually, you know, I don't know if he really lets it go, but then he's on the island and he basically basically gets forced to kill Anthony Cooper, who is Sawyer. And... Yeah. You know, this is Locke's dad. He's doing it for Locke. It's it's very interesting, and, and it's it's hard for me to totally, um, you know, break down that arc and like what it means. But of course, you know, it it is kind of it is good for him to to close that. But it's an interesting revenge story in a way too. So I don't yeah. I don't re- really know how to feel about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh. Somebody had put on here that I kind of really liked when uh, I don't remember, I don't know who wrote it. I, I didn't write any spoilers this time, but uh, Hannah Lucy is the one who brought Christian to the bar. Of course, we'll oh, find her right. here after a while. It, it, you know, she's opening the door and Sawyer, or he's opening the door and Sawyer runs into the yeah. into the door um, <laughs> outside the bar there, um, and then goes in for a while. Um, yeah, I just thought that was a fun little little character tie in there, um, and you know he Christian tells her at that point, you know I I can't ever go back to so by that by the point where we see Christian in this episode, he knew, um, you know he knew he wasn't planning on ever going back and fixing things with his son. It kind of adds a little bit of a 
depressing layer to this. Yeah, story. very depressing. And Anything I think else? there's a f- uh, few other notes on here. This is interesting uh, trivia here that I think Steve, where did you find this? So this is, looks interesting. That 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 was a lot. That was a Lostpedia deep dive on the Tampa job. Uh, the the produ- apparently they filmed they filmed it they filmed the backstory for the about the Tampa job for the episode Adrift, but apparently they said they didn't like it and decided to go a different direction. They went with Michael hmm. flashbacks that episode. So we we never got the Tampa job story, but apparently you know when they filmed this they they intended to show us the Tampa job later, which makes sense because why would you? talk about the tampa job if you weren't planning hmm. on showing so it. so somewhere it exists on paper but we never got it and honestly a drift is known as one of the worst episodes I, I don't think it's that bad but a lot of people really dislike that episode it's not bad it's not great either it's just kind of floating in there in the middle no pun intended <laughs> I, I think people dislike that episode because it just is in between two really good episodes and they just want to get to the other parts Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple things I, I thought of, you know, while we were talking about this episode here, but when you know Saeed's talking to Charlie about his PTSD, um, you know, about how killing Ethan will stay with him. Um, in the in the season two, when they have you know Henry Gale slash Ben Linus trapped in the in the hatch, and um, Saeed just you know beats the living heck out of him um after that you know he sits down with charlie on the beach and you know he says that the reason why he knew he was an other and not who he said he was was because he had no remorse for what he did because he remembered what they did to charlie um so i kind of think it's kind of neat how that keeps playing out you know it's like saeed remembers charlie remembers where you know it seems like sometimes we kind of forget everything that happened with ethan and everything in the first season once the story kind of moves on, but it's nice how the characters really, that kind of stays with them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, is that it y'all? I think that's it. Yes. Sweet. Well, that has been, this has been episode 16 or episode 15 of previously on Lost. So until next time, uh, we will see y'all back on the Island.